10. We're going to turn there first. And we're going to continue our series about the generous life. Everybody say the generous life. So we're going to continue our series about the generous life. And uh, we're going to uh, do kind of part two today. And I'm really excited about it. So Proverbs 10, 22. We're going to read from the New Living Translation. I'm really excited to talk about this today. We're going to be talking about the blessing of the Lord. Uh, but more specifically, I titled this message, Living in the Blessing. Everybody say, Living in the Blessing. So Proverbs 10, 22, in the New Living Translation, it says, The blessing of the Lord. Come on now, somebody. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord. If you got an underliner in, in, in your Bible or a pen, underline that. The blessing of the Lord. It makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. So today we're going to be talking about living in the blessing. Living in the blessing. Come on, how many of you want to live in the blessing of God? Living in the blessing. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to be talking about living in the the blessing. And we're continuing the series. We've been talking about money. We started it last week. We talked about it as God's will to prosper you. And uh, we're going to kind of continue that same thought, but we're going to talk about the blessing of Lord, the Lord. And what does that mean in the Bible? The blessing of God being upon us. So I'm excited to talk about it today. But we need to understand talking about money. And yes, in this series, we're going to talk about giving. We're going to talk about tithes and offerings. We're going to talk about how we should be good stewards of our money, and that's coming. And we're going to talk about uh, some practical things on how to handle our money. But we want to talk about first that God wants us to prosper. We can't bless other people if we don't have anything ourselves. We're blessed to be a blessing. And we believe around here that we believe in prosperity, but not just prosperity for us, prosperity with a purpose. Everybody say, with a purpose. Prosperity with a purpose. And I'm not going to apologize about this. I know that uh, this culture has made prosperity preachers and health and wealth preachers in churches seem like they're a bad thing and they're shady people, but we are a prosperity church around here. And we are a health and wealth church around here because that's what the Bible says. And we're going to teach what the Bible says, not what religion and tradition and your granny told you who was not right. Oh, you talked about my granny on Sunday. She wasn't right. She wasn't right. God bless her. She made good cornbread and beans, but she was not right. I mean, this is a right granny, so don't look at her. She's right. Come on, Miss Donna, you're right. But we're not going to listen to what the world has told us about money. We're not going to just listen to what our college professors taught us about money. We're not going to just listen to what religion and tradition teaches us about money because the church world is, is more wrong than even the world sometimes about money because there's so much tradition in the church world that you need to be poor and Jesus was poor and humble and so God doesn't want you to have anything because he doesn't want you to be greedy. All tradition, not the Bible. So we need to listen to what the Word of God has to say. And like we mentioned last week, we're not going to turn to this scripture, but in Timothy it says to rightly divide the Word of God. 
So if you can rightly divide it, you can wrongly divide it. And when you rightly divide it, it brings life. It brings health. It brings prosperity. When you wrongly divide the word of God, it brings death. It brings poverty. It brings sickness. And a lot of preachers wrongly divide the word and bring death on their own congregations. Because they preach tradition and not the word of God. But we're going to rightly divide the word of God. We're not going to be in extremes around here. We're going to rightly divide the word and be balanced in our thinking. We're not going to go to one extreme or the other. We're going to preach what the Bible says about money. And God wants to prosper you. God wants to bless you. He wants the blessing of the Lord to be upon you and your house and that you would live in the blessing all the days of your life. That's God's will. That's God's will is that the blessing of God would be upon us all the days of our life, the blessing of the Lord. So we're not going to get in one extreme over here where churches say, well, you need to be poor and humble and just not have anything. But also, we're going to be balanced. We're not going to take this prosperity teaching out here. And I'm not going to get up here and say, uh, the only way you can be prosperous and rich in God's eyes is if we all own a Bentley in here and have a $3 million mansion and golden jewelry. That's not what God says either. That's an extreme. So we're going to be balanced in what we think about the Bible. So let's read this verse again, Proverbs 10, 22. We're going to kind of give you some definitions that you can work with today. So Proverbs 10, 22, what does it say? The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. So let me give you the first de definition, and I mentioned this last week. When you're reading your Bible, you need to understand this. When God says rich, he doesn't mean a specific mansion, car, clothing, jewelry. When God says rich in the Bible, now you might want to write this down. Every time you see God wants you to be rich, it means more than enough. More than enough. So God wants you to have more than enough. And that all depends on you, on whether you know you have more than enough. Here's another thing to think about. Rich is relative. We're Americans in here. All of you, compared to the rest of the world, are filthy rich. Do you guys know that? But there's people that live in America that live in the suburbs with two SUVs, and their kids go to private school, and they think they're poor. Get a wake-up call here, people. Majority of the world lives on dollars a week. When we live in abundance, trust me, none of us have missed a meal any time recently, have we? We have more than enough. We all have a house to live in. We all came in a vehicle. Trust me, all of us in here are living in some level in more than enough. So let's think right about this. But God is saying here, the blessing of the Lord makes a person rich. So God's blessing on all of our lives should bring us into more than enough. That we're not always barely getting by, barely paying our bills, barely making it out of debt, barely getting by. That's poor. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich or has more than enough. And notice he has no sorrow with it. Now that's the key. Because most people try to get riches, but it takes away from their family. It takes away from their health. 
It takes away from other areas of their life because they're pursuing the riches and trying to get rich in their own strength. And that's why it turns on them because there's sorrow with it. How many have met some rich people that are miserable? Actually more miserable than poor people because poor people don't have it so they don't know what they're missing out on. The rich person actually has it and realizes it's empty so they're more depressed than the poor person. So the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. And when God blesses you, it doesn't take away from the rest of your life. It enhances the rest of your life. And there's no sorrow with it. Now that's the key. The blessing of the Lord makes you richer or makes you have more than enough. And there's no sorrow with it. You don't lose your family over your riches. You don't lose your health over trying to get rich. You don't lose your your, uh, mind over trying to get rich. You don't miss out on church events trying to get rich. Hello, somebody. The blessing of the Lord makes rich more than enough, and he adds no sorrow with it. So when we read rich in the Bible, it doesn't mean a mansion or a certain car. It means more than enough. And, of course, if it says poor, it means that you don't have enough to meet your needs. So the blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. So let me give you a definition of the blessing in the Bible. And we're going to go from Genesis, and we're going to go throughout the Bible and talk about the blessing of of the Lord. So, the blessing of the Lord. Here's some definitions. Uh, one of the definitions of being blessed or the blessing in the Bible means to be happy or to be envied. Another definition of the blessing or the blessed life is the favor of God upon your life. And here's my favorite one with definitions from the Bible, the blessing of the Lord. The blessing is this. Now hear me. It means empowerment to prosper and succeed. The blessing of God is on our life, and it gives us the empowerment to prosper and succeed. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing can be on our lives and should be on our lives as children of God. That it empowers us to prosper and succeed. The blessing of the Lord. Some people would say this, well, everything you touch turns to gold. No, it's the blessing of the Lord. Everywhere you go should be blessed because you're there. Come on now, somebody. I need you to respond a little bit better this Sunday morning. Everywhere you go, when you go to school, the blessing of God comes with you in that school. And so that school succeeds because you're empowered to prosper and succeed. So the blessing of the Lord goes where you go. When you go into your business, the blessing of the Lord goes with you. So that business should come up because you're there, because you're empowered to prosper and succeed everywhere you go. When you go to the gym, when you go to a restaurant, when you're out and about in your neighborhood, the blessing of the Lord should be upon you that people will say, whatever you touch is gold. No, it's the blessing of the Lord. And he has empowered me to prosper and succeed in everything I do. That's the blessing of the Lord. Can we say this together? God, you have empowered me to prosper and succeed. 
because of the blessing of the Lord. That's what it means. Look it up in your definitions. The blessing of God means to empower you to prosper and succeed. It doesn't say anything about you being poor and humble. It doesn't say anything about, well, you gotta, you got to lose some to win some. you got to fail. No, it doesn't say anything like that. It says the blessing of the Lord has come upon us, and it comes to empower us to prosper and succeed. The blessing of God. The blessing of the Lord, notice it makes rich or gives you more than enough, and there's no sorrow with it. Worldly wealth and riches, there's always sorrow with it. You're going to have to lose something to get your riches. It'll be your time, your health, your family, something. You're going to have to lose something if you do it the world's way. But with God, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. So we're going to start in Genesis, and we're going to talk about the blessing of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord being upon our life. Notice it's God's favor, and it's his empowerment for us to prosper and succeed. So Genesis 1, 27 and 28. Now, this is when God created Adam and Eve in the very beginning of time. And notice what he says. So God created human beings in his own image. and the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then what does it say? Then God blessed them. Same word. He empowered them to prosper and succeed. The first two people on the planet. Now, here's just a little note when you're studying your Bible. If you want to know God's original intent and plan, go to the garden. Because that's the way he wanted it to be. And notice in the garden, there was no poverty. There was no depression. There was no suicide. There was no sickness or disease. There was no poverty. There was no fighting. There was no pain. That was God's original plan, original intent for us until sin came into the scene. So if we want to know God's will, we can go back to the garden and see what is God's will. Prosperity, abundance, health, the abundant life. Two people, a whole planet. That's abundance. So what did he do? Then God blessed them. That's the empowerment God gave them to prosper and succeed. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. But notice God said, he blessed them. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. So in the beginning, Adam and Eve, God blessed them. What is that? The blessing of the Lord. And the blessing of the Lord is the empowerment to prosper and succeed. And notice they would have never messed it up until, notice, sin came in the garden and messed everything up. But we see even in the Old Testament that God, even though sin was involved, God still wanted to bless his people. Even though there was some distance in the relationship, and we see that God blessed Adam and Eve, but God blessed Noah and his sons. The same blessing of the Lord was upon them. And let's read about Abraham in Genesis 12. Two and three, we read this last week. God saying to Abraham, I will make you a great nation. And notice, I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. 
And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That's that same word, the blessing of the Lord. Empowerment to prosper and succeed. So the blessing of God was on all these Old Testament saints. Even though there was some separation because of sin, God was still wanting to get the blessing to his people. And so that's why Adam and Eve, he had a covenant with them. And Noah and Abraham, notice the blessing was on Abraham. And it says, Abraham died when he was at a well, a good old age, and he was blessed in all things. The blessing of the Lord, that was it. And we see that Isaac was blessed, his son. Jacob was blessed. I'm preaching better than you're responding today. Joseph was another one who the blessing of the Lord was upon him. Joseph, what happened again? It doesn't matter how far you push Joseph down to the ground. You put him in a prison. You put him in a pit. And he's going to keep coming back up. Why? Because the blessing of the Lord is upon him. That wasn't just Joseph. That was the blessing of the Lord upon Joseph. That empowerment to prosper and succeed was on his life. So it didn't matter what his family did to him or his friends did to him or if people lied about him or people fired him from a job. He went to the second most important spot in the whole entire nation because of the blessing of the Lord. It wasn't just his good looks and he was smart. The blessing of the Lord. What is it? It makes rich, and he has no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord is God's favor. It's God's empowerment to prosper and succeed. And it was on these Old Testament saints. It was on Joseph. It was on Moses. We see that Moses would read the blessings of God over the nation of Israel. We're talking about hundreds of thousands and even millions of people that were God's people. Moses would pronounce the blessing of the Lord upon them because it was theirs. And they were a blessed people. We see that Moses instructed Joshua to read the blessing over God's people. Reminding them, you're not just like everybody else. Come on now, somebody. You're not just like everybody else. You might look like everybody else, but you're not like everybody else. The blessing of the Lord is upon you. God's favor is upon you. You are, what does it say in the Bible when he reads the blessing? You are the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. You are blessed in your coming. You are blessed in your going. You are blessed in whatever you put your hand to. Everybody on the planet's not like that. Come on, I'm getting fired up and we're not even halfway through this message. What is that? It's the blessing of the Lord. It's upon us. The blessing of the Lord. But even in the Old Testament, God was blessing his people. Moses, Joshua. We see that the blessing went to David. David walked in the blessing of the Lord. God empowered him to prosper and succeed. Solomon was blessed of God. The same Solomon who wrote Proverbs 10.22. That says the blessing of the Lord makes rich and he has no sorrow with it. He wasn't just quoting that. He was living that. The blessing of the Lord. It makes rich and he has no sorrow with it. So we see all these Old Testament saints who had a relationship with God. 
and a covenant with God, what did God do? He blessed them. The blessing of the Lord, the favor of God, the empowerment to prosper and succeed. Now, I realize we live in, an, in a time and a, a, a season where uh, when somebody says bless you or receive a blessing, it doesn't have much power to it. But in the eyes of God, it has so much power. It was a holy thing. It was a sacred thing. When they would pronounce blessing over people or their family or their friends, it was a holy moment. It was a moment when they prayed over their family and their future generations and they commanded the blessing of God to be upon it. And so the blessing of the Lord was on all these men and women of God's lives throughout the Old Testament was on the nation of Israel. You realize the blessing of the Lord is still on the nation of Israel. (laughs) Do you know that? (laughs) God still has a covenant with that nation. How does Israel keep coming back from everything? The blessing of the Lord. If you look up the the top millionaire and billionaires in the world, it's staggering the amount of people that are Jewish on that list. When the Jewish nation are a very small uh, part of the population of the whole world. Now what is that? The blessing of the Lord. The favor of God, the empowerment to prosper and succeed is still on that nation and on those people because of a covenant God made with them all those years ago. Some of those Jewish people don't even believe in God. They don't even believe in God, but there's still a blessing on their life because of that covenant God made with his people. We see in the, uh, the Gospels, Jesus, one of his first messages was uh, the Beatitudes where he said, blessed are you. Blessed Are you who hunger and thirst for righteousness? Blessed are you. He commanded a blessing over his people. Jesus came and brought blessings because he is God. In Matthew 19, he said, Let the children come unto me so I can bless them. The blessing of God. The blessing of the Lord. Jesus was here to bring the blessing of the Lord. So we see that it's all throughout the Bible, the blessing of the Lord, this favor, this power that comes from God, this empowerment to prosper and succeed. It was on all the Old Testament saints throughout the Bible. Of course, Jesus brought it because he is God. But now it's on us as believers. That same blessing. And that blessing is on us not just because we obey and do everything right. That blessing is on us because we have received Jesus. And I love this. What the Bible says, what God has blessed, no man can curse. And that's what God has done for all of us in here. If you've received Jesus, you are no longer under a curse. And it doesn't matter if people don't like you. It doesn't matter if people have a problem with you. What God has blessed or empowered to prosper and succeed, no man can curse. 
Now let me show you that from your own Bibles. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Are you guys getting something today? I'm excited. Galatians 3, 13 and 14 in the New King James. It says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham. Now, what is the blessing of Abraham? The blessing of the Lord. And here's a little side note. We just showed you all throughout your Bible. A lot of other people had the blessing other than Abraham, but he's just saying the same blessing that Abraham had is the same blessing that you have, which is the blessing of the Lord is on your life now. The blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So all of you in here that have received Jesus, what is he saying? You are no longer under a curse anymore. Christ has redeemed you out of the curse. That's just the first part. But into God's blessing. The blessing of the Lord. You are blessed just like Abraham was blessed. You are blessed just like Adam and Eve and Noah and Moses and Joshua and David and Solomon. You're blessed without saying blessing. And notice how do we receive it? We receive it when we receive Jesus. So when we receive him, the curse is broken over our lives. We've been brought out of the curse, but into the blessing of the Lord. Empowerment to prosper and succeed. Let's look at Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Ephesians 1 and verse 3. In the New Living Translation, it says this. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places because we are united with Christ. So as a believer in Jesus, he has already, everybody say already, blessed us, that's the blessing of the Lord, with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. So today, as we sit here right now, if you have received Jesus, the blessing of the Lord is upon you right now. God's favor is upon you. God's empowerment to prosper and succeed is upon you right now. Because it says He has already blessed us. It's already ours because of Christ. Now, here's where we have a problem. Some people stop there. Because no one has ever taught them about the blessing of the Lord. Even though it's already theirs. Even though it already belongs to them. Because they've been taught religion and tradition and not what God's word says. So if we're not experiencing the blessing of the Lord, majority of times it's not because it's not ours because God said it's ours. It's because we don't have any knowledge of what already belongs to us. Now, that's why you're here on a Sunday morning. Because you're getting knowledge of what already belongs to you. And most people that are believers live and die and don't know what really belongs to them in Christ. 
But God says the blessing of the Lord is upon us now that we're in Christ. That favor, that empowerment to prosper and succeed is on us. But most people don't know that. And let's take it a step further. Most people don't know that. So they can't have faith for it. And how many know we receive from God by our faith? So if you don't know what belongs to you, you can't have faith for it. And let's be honest in here. If we haven't been receiving the blessing of the Lord in our lives, it's because first of all, probably we didn't know much about it. But secondly, we aren't having our faith in that blessing to be upon our lives. Because why? We receive it by faith. Are you following me here today? But you need to know this blessing is on you. The same blessing that was on Adam and Eve. The same blessing that was on all these heroes of faith is on you. The blessing of the Lord. And what does it do? It makes rich more than enough. And he has no sorrow with it. We are empowered to prosper and succeed because of this blessing. And now we no longer have a curse on our lives because of Jesus. We have his blessing. And it's already ours and it already belongs to us. So what do we do? We have to learn about it. That's what we're doing right now. And then after today's service, what are you going to do? You're going to exercise faith in it. Because now you're responsible for what you know. Now you know you're blessed. Too blessed to be stressed. Hammer time. Too legit to quit. You know you're blessed now. So now we exercise faith in that blessing. So tomorrow when you go to work, you don't go to work with your head down and discouraged. You walk with your head up knowing God's favor is upon me as I go in this place. You might even just lay your hands on your boss. Take that, receive it in the name of Jesus. And say, I'm empowered to prosper and succeed everywhere I go. You walk differently when you think that way about yourself. You talk differently when you realize that about yourself. And it's not you. It's the blessing of God. Come on now, somebody. Isn't that true? It's the blessing of the Lord. It makes rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. So God's empowerment to prosper and succeed. And knows it doesn't work unless we have faith in it. It's ours. It's like somebody just gave you a huge bank account full of money. Until you go down there and get it and receive it, it will stay there. That's the blessing of the Lord. And most people are walking around. You have a full bank account. Just go in by faith and receive it. The blessing of the Lord upon your life. The blessing of God. So, I'm going to kind of switch gears. We're still talking about the blessing of the Lord, but I want to talk about something that maybe you haven't heard before about some practical ways on how God brings prosperity and that blessing into our life. So let's look at Deuteronomy 8 in verse 18. You guys get something today. Remember I told you a couple weeks ago, what if somebody just says no? I'm waiting for one of you guys to say no. Please don't do it. It'll discourage me. But you guys getting some today? Nope. Not at all. Nice try, Pastor. So Deuteronomy 8. 
in verse 18. We read this last week. God speaking to his people in Deuteronomy. Now this is, you need to know the context of this. Deuteronomy is the last book before they go into the promised land. That's significant. Deuteronomy is the last book or the last words that Moses says to God's people before they go into the promised land. Hear me. Because they can't operate the same way they did in the wilderness and in Egypt like the way they need to operate in the promised land. It's different. We're going somewhere with that. Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, because it's not you, it's a blessing. For it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is, as it is this day. Notice he says, it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, or the blessing of the Lord makes rich. And he has no sorrow with it. Notice, but it's for a purpose, that he may establish his covenant, or his kingdom, on the earth. But let's look at this part. It says, For it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. It is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Now I need you to think with me here. A lot of times when we read this verse, the power to get wealth, we're thinking that this verse means I don't have to do anything and money's just going to show up at my house. Let me talk to you for a second. It, it doesn't mean that you're going to just go in your yard and there's going to be dollar bills there and you're going to pick them up. I had the power to get wealth. And you reach in your mailbox and there's a bunch of money. I had the power to get wealth. And then at your job, there's just dollar bills that fall around you. I had the power to get wealth. Many people will think by reading this verse, the power to get wealth sounds like a lotto ticket. Now, if you do win the lottery, please pay your tithes, by the way. Because if you win, I'm not going to be mad at you. But if you lose, okay, let's not talk about it. (laughs) Many people think that when it says power to get wealth, like it's a lottery ticket. That God's just going to rain down from heaven money in your back pocket and your bank account. And it's just going to come mysteriously and you're not going to know where it comes from. God doesn't do that. Now there might be a time in a certain emergency situation that something like that could happen. But that's not the way that God works. God doesn't work like that. Now he can do miracles but God doesn't work like that. That's not your everyday life. God's not just putting money in your mailbox, money in your yard, money in your car, money at work. So that's the way most people interpret that scripture, the power to get wealth. So you're leaving and you're disappointed because there's not money at your house when you read this verse. But I love this, and I heard Pastor Pastor Scott Webb say this, and I never forgot it. He said a better translation of this verse is this. He gives you the power to produce wealth. Meaning you have a part to play in your prosperity. You have to put your hand to the plow, and then God blesses your hand. Not this idea of power to get wealth, I'm just picking up money everywhere I go. No, God wants to use you with your own blessing. 
And so this would be better said, power to produce wealth. He has given us the empowerment to prosper and succeed and produce wealth for the kingdom of God. Produce is different than get. Produce means that you helped work for it. That you helped sow into it. That you were a part of it. Get just means you just picked it up. And God wants us to go from this mentality that a lot of them had in the wilderness. They were just looking for miracles to happen. Stay with me. In the wilderness, because they were in a certain season, in a certain time, because they were immature, when they were in the wilderness, God would have to do miracles all the time to sustain them and feed them. God would have to bring water out of a rock. That's a miracle. That's not something that happens every day. God would have to rain down manna from heaven. That's a miracle. That doesn't happen every day. And God did that for a season. So they lived off of miracles. They lived off, lived off of a receiving a blessing. But notice in Deuteronomy, he changes what he's saying because they're about to go into the promised land. And he says, we're going from not just you receiving a miracle, but you're going to be a part of your miracle. Instead of you just receiving, get, 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 God, because I'm an infant, you're going to start producing wealth and being a part of your own blessing. Because going into the promised land is going to be different when the way you were in Egypt and the way you were in the wilderness. Are you staying with me? And so God says, in Deuteronomy, right before they're about to go in, I've given you the power to get wealth. Because how many know in the wilderness, wealth doesn't matter? There's nobody there. But you're going to the promised land, and I've given you the power to produce wealth. And notice when they got in the promised land, what did he say? You need to start building houses. You need to start farming. You need to start growing things. You need to start cultivating the ground. You need to start producing things. Because I don't just want you to live off of miracles all the time. I want you to start being a part of the blessing. Because I've given you the power to produce wealth. That means not on your couch. But what is God saying? I'll do this for you when you're immature. It's the same way. After a while, you shouldn't always be having to have an emergency miracle to meet your needs every month. You shouldn't have to have a miracle every week to eat. That's wilderness. you got to get past that, and you can. And God says, I want you to get out of that wilderness mindset that you have to have an emergency miracle every week, every month to pay your bills, to feed your kids, to go to school. To go into the promised land where you're going to be a part of your blessing and I've given you the power to produce wealth. The power to produce. And now you're going to need to build houses. I'll bless you when you build them, but you're going to need to build them. What does God say? I'll bless your crops. I'll bless your cattle. But who's going to have to take care of them? We are. Because he wants us to work together in this blessing. Co-laborers with God. I've given you the power to produce wealth. But if you do nothing, he has no way to get you wealth. Are you hearing me today? 
And so let's stop having this mindset, I always need to receive a miracle, emergency. But let's go from that to producing wealth, living in the blessing of God. Let's read Deuteronomy 28 and verse 8. Let's start there. Now, this is the actual recording of the blessing. Notice again, it's in Deuteronomy, right before they're about to go in the promised land. I love this. The Lord will command the blessing on your storehouses and all to which you set your hand. Implying if you don't set your hand to anything, he can't bless it. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Let's read verse 11 and 12. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods and the fruit of your body and the increase of your livestock and the produce of your ground and the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. And the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season. Look at that again. And to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Now, Deuteronomy 28 is the recording of the blessing of God upon his people. Notice right before they're about to go into the promised land, because they can't think the same way they did in the wilderness. And he says, I'm going to bless your hand. I'm going to bless what you do. I'm going to bless the house that you built. I'm going to bless the job that you're at. I'm going to bless the crops that you make. I'm going to bless the cattle that you have. But you have to be a part of this blessing. It's not just me. We're working together with him because I've given you the power to produce wealth. And I love it. It says, and he will give rain to your land in a season. But guess who has to dig it up? The dirt. We do. Guess who has to sow the seed? We do. But then there's God's side. God brings the sun and God brings the rain. Come on, I feel like I'm singing an old song. I've seen sunshine and I've seen rain. Okay. Uh, God brings that and we can't do that part, but we're working together with him. Are you picking up what I'm laying down today? So God wants us to be a part of our blessing. God says, I'll bless what you do. I'll bless the work of your hand. He didn't say, I'll bless your couch sitting. I'll I'll bless your binge watching of Netflix. In Jesus' name. I'll bless you wasting time every day. No, he says, I'll bless the work of your hand. Because he's given us the power to produce wealth. Power to produce wealth. Not just get it, produce it. Are you here today still? Okay. We're going to close. So God wants us to stop living from the emergency miracle mentality. Now, I believe God will still do that. But notice, we don't live week to week and day to day and month to month by that. We should get out of that mentality. Of We're not just living for a miracle. We're living in the blessing of God. And we're living in this mindset that God has given us the power to produce wealth. So we're actively putting our hand to stuff so God can bless it. We're actively cultivating the ground so God can rain on it. We're planting the seeds so the sunshine can make it grow. We're actively doing something and we're producing wealth for the kingdom of God. And how can we do that? The blessing of the Lord. 
the empowerment to prosper and succeed, but we have to do something too. We are co-laborers with him. And this is the part of the message that no one wants to hear. I heard someone say this before. People love no-fault religion. Which means, if I don't do anything, not my fault. If I do do something, not my fault. It's all God's fault. Doesn't that make it easy? If I prosper, God's fault. If I fail, God's fault. No. We have a choice. God wants to help us. He wants to bless us. He wants to give us the power to produce wealth and be a blessing. But we have to do something. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? But I just think it's significant, both of these verses in Deuteronomy, he's saying you got to change your mindset before you go into the promised land. Because the promised land is not going to operate like you did in the wilderness when I just sustained you and brought you miracles all the time. You're going to have to grow up, like it says in the Bible, no longer be a child, but grow up into Christ. And realize God doesn't want to just give you something. He wants you to be a part of your blessing, a part of your miracle, working together with him. Okay, so this is exciting. God wants you to produce wealth. So how do, here's some practical things on how God brings prosperity into our life or or we produce wealth. We're going to have to get real practical about this. Why? Because there's God's side and our side. God says, I'll bless the work of your hand. I'll bless what you do. Well, here's some avenues or resources that God will bring into your life to produce wealth. Understand that God is the source. All these other things are the resource. But God is the source. Most people think if their job or their career dries up, That it's over. No, that was just a resource. That's not the source. There's other resources. Because God's the source. It's the same way with a stream. If you were drinking out of a stream and it dried up, you wouldn't say, I guess I'm just going to die here. You would say, there's another stream somewhere else. Let me go take a drink somewhere else. It's the same way with your finances. If one area dries up, it doesn't mean God's done with you. Go look for another stream. Because there's more resources. God's the source. And a lot of times God's saying it's time for you to go over here because I'm trying to sustain you over here. So we need to be that way with what God gives us. Notice he gives us these things to produce wealth, but we're a part of it. Here's one thing. God gives us a job. The job you have is not your source, but it is a resource he's given you to produce wealth. But notice, when you're at your job, you have to work to produce wealth, right? (laughs) You don't just get a job and do nothing and get paid for it. And many people think that's what the blessing of the Lord means. That's not what it means. The power to produce wealth. Here's something. He will give you opportunities. God will open up doors of opportunities that might not be your job to make money for the kingdom of God. Opportunities. Those are resources, not the source. Once again, what did he say? I will bless what you put your hand to. I've given you the power to produce wealth. Not just get it, produce it. So God will give you opportunities to produce wealth that might not be your job. Here's things 
here's something else. God could give you uh, or lead you by the Spirit of God to certain um, investments you should make that are God-given. How many know God knows all things, so he could lead you to the right place, to the right people, to invest in the right thing that could produce wealth for your life? And that can still be spiritual people. And God's leading you to do that. And that's an avenue that God, what he's trying to produce wealth in your life for the kingdom of God. I'll bless whatever you put your hand to. Are you following me here? We need to get outside of the box of, box of just your career and just your job into thinking that God has multiple streams, multiple resources, and he's the source. If we're going to be a church that produces wealth. Okay. So he could lead you by the Spirit of God to invest in certain things. Uh, here's another one, and me and Amzie have talked about this. Some of you know who Willie George is. He pastors a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Church on the Move, a.k.a. Gospel Bill. But he talked about this. He encouraged his church family to take on a, he called it a six-day project. So he talked to his church family about finding something outside of your job and career that you're passionate about that God can use in your life to make money and produce wealth for yourself and for the kingdom of God. So I'm going to just use Amzie as an example. Amzie has a full-time job. Can I get an amen, Nick McCain? Okay. Amzie and Nick work together. They do construction all day. And they do a, a lot of stuff. So that's his job. That is a source, or that is a resource, not his source. So Amzie believes that God has given him the power to produce wealth, right? And that wealth is not coming if you're just sitting at home doing nothing, right? Are you guys in agreement with that? Because he's giving you the power to produce it, not just get it in the mail. So Amzie, because he's a good painter, has taken it on himself to open himself up to jobs to paint outside of his job time. And he's gotten a lot of extra money, am I right? Because he's decided that I'm not just narrowed into just my job. There's other resources here and streams of influence I can get into. And God is blessing him. Because he's putting his hand to something, and he's given him the power to produce wealth. And I hear from him all the time. He gets painting opportunities all, time, all the time that are outside of his regular job. That's an avenue that God uses to produce wealth. So think about that for yourself. Maybe there's something you're passionate about that's outside of your job that you could do to make money. Be led by God's Spirit. There's people that sell stuff on eBay that make millions. Do you know that? <laughs> There's people that, that do all sorts of stuff that you might not even have to leave your house to do. You could work from home and notice produce wealth. Are you still here? Here's another thing. God can give you creative ideas to produce wealth in your life or for the kingdom of God. Are you still here? I know I've said a lot today, but I want to get this in you. These are all just resources, but God is the source. Whatever we put our hand to, notice, will prosper. He will bless the work of our hand. We are anointed to produce wealth, but it can come from multiple streams. Creative ideas. Do you know all of you in here could have one creative idea and live off it, live off it the rest of your life? 
I want to talk to you about the pool, the pool noodle. Ever heard of that? The guy who invented the pool noodle, say that five times quick, invented it 30 years ago. A noodle for the pool. What creative idea. They said that that guy sells, his company sells six to eight million noodles every year for 30 years. I did this. Now, accountants don't say anything. Let's just say this. If he sold six million a year for 30 years for one dollar, and he got, I mean, he made one dollar off of that, he would have $180 million worth of money. From a noodle that goes in the pool. (laughs) Are you not getting this? One creative idea that God could give you could make you produce wealth that you could pay off your house and everybody's house in here. Can I get amen? Yeah, we're just going to receive that wealth for you. You could pay off the church. You could do something for the kingdom of God. Why Why would God give all the good ideas to people who don't love him? They're not the only people who can get good ideas and creative ideas. God has given us the power to produce wealth. One creative idea could do that from God. A pool noodle. That man is a multi, multi, multi millionaire from a pool noodle. Not even one you can eat. One that goes in the pool. One creative idea. The power to produce wealth. Can God do that? Yes. I'm just encouraging you. You need to think bigger than just your job. You need to think bigger than just one area. God wants to give you resources. Not just one thing. Resources. Streams of money. Streams of wealth. Streams of influence. Because he's given you the power to produce wealth. Power to produce it. Whatever you put your hand to, he will prosper. But you got to start putting your hand to something, people. You want the blessing of God, you're, you can't just sit at home and pray for it. You're going to have to get out there and do something. Notice something God told you to do, not just something. But when he tells you to do it, he's given you the power to produce wealth. If a guy who sells pool noodles can make $180 million in 30 years from one idea, don't you think some people in the body of Christ need some creative ideas to start happening? Now, I know there is some companies off the top of my head that are anointed to make money for the kingdom of God. Chick-fil-A, can I get amen, the Christian chicken? Don't we all wish we could go to Chick-fil-A today? But we can't. I feel like Bishop Jakes today. Because they honor God on Sunday, and they make more than the rest of the other fast food places in six days when the other works seven. Chick-fil-A, that family and that company have billions and billions of dollars and they use it for the kingdom of God. Hobby Lobby, isn't that anointed Hobby Lobby, all you decorators out there? (laughs) That family has billions and billions of dollars and they use it for the kingdom of God. One creative idea. Can we think bigger people? It's not about your education. It's not about where you were born. It's not about what color you are. 
if you're a part of God's family, He has blessed you, and the blessing of God is upon you, and He's given you the power to produce wealth for His kingdom. And that doesn't just go for the people who sit up on the front row. That doesn't go for the people who are CEOs and financial people. Doesn't just go for the people that have the best education or the best looks. It goes for all of us in here because the blessing of God is upon us. Come on, are you thinking bigger today? Are you dreaming bigger today? Dad just said on Tuesday night you need to start dreaming bigger, thinking bigger, planning bigger. Our God is bigger. And the blessing is on us to produce wealth. Did you guys get something today? Well, let's pray. Father, we just thank you today for this service. And we just thank you for your blessing upon us. Father, we thank you that you have anointed us and blessed us to prosper. Father, I thank you that every person in here, from the front to the back, I pray for every child that's in a classroom in the back, that, Father, that we are anointed to prosper as a church. That, Father, we are blessed to be a blessing. I thank you, Father, like never before, we would put our faith in you that we are the blessed of the Lord. That the blessing of God is on us in our house. That we are empowered to prosper and succeed in everything we do. Not because of us, because of your blessing, Father. I, Father, I thank you right now that you would give us creative ideas. That you would help us to think bigger. Think greater. I pray that you give us opportunities. I pray that you'd open doors in our career, in our jobs. I pray, Father God, right now that you would give us influence wherever we go. That the favor of God would be upon us at restaurants, at stores, at our job, at our school, wherever we go. The favor of God will be upon us. Father, I thank you that the blessing of God, it makes rich and it has no sorrow with it. I pray, Father God, like never before, that this church, we would produce wealth. Not just get it, but produce it. That, Father, we would put our hand to the plow like never before. You would give us ideas that we would run with them. We would invest in the right things. We would do the right things. Father, if you want us to start a business, we'll start a business. Whatever we put our hand to, we'll prosper. And, Father, I thank you that we would get busy as a church. We would get moving as a church. To not just sit at home and believe that you're going to do something someday. But, Father, you want to do something today. You want to do something in our life right now. And that we have the power to produce wealth. Come on, let's say it. I have the power to produce wealth. Because of you, the blessing of God is on my life. I'm empowered to prosper and succeed. Because the blessing of the Lord is on me. Come on, how many agree with that today? Come on, can I get amen? Let's just stand up for a moment. Father, we love you today, and we thank you again for this blessing being upon our lives. We thank you for what you're doing in our church. Father, we thank you for uh, letting us hear the truth of God's word about money, not religion, not tradition, but what you want us to hear. And we thank you for it today. Bless these people as they go. In Jesus' name, amen.